This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson. I'm also here with Jared Davis. Well, we just had the Tiger battle, Tiger brawl, whatever you want to call it, down in Baton Rouge. Didn't come out the way we had hoped. Uh, I think most of us had some some high hopes after the Georgia game and then having a two week uh, to prepare for this, but obviously didn't come out as uh, what we had expected. We lost 48 to 18, uh, 30 point loss. And this is kind of just like we're, we're seeing some themes. And so I'm, I think this podcast, Jared, I want to start talking about some of those themes and what we're seeing. And, you know, are there things that we can fix this year? Because we're halfway through it. And a lot of what your team is halfway through the season is kind of what you are. So what can we do to get to, uh, I think the, the goal now is to get bowl eligible, if not a little bit better, but how do we get there? So Jared, overall feelings right now, halfway through the season, just generally not specific to this game. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think I predicted us to win any of these three games. Um, but it was kind of how we lost it. My, yeah. I mean, my, we're where we really were predicted to be and where I even thought we would be as well. My, my biggest issue is, um, I don't think we're any better than we were game one. And so, <clears throat> cause at the end of the day, if you're built, everybody talks about what we're building and we are, but what do you, you're not like just going through the motions for the first year is not going to help you for year two. If you're not getting better. Yeah. And I don't see us getting better. And I, I think we're trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. Um, and so I'm, I'm mixed feelings. I don't, you know, last night's not the end of the world or, you know, the LSU not the end of the world, but like, I don't know what to think. Cause what on the road, we are just, we're terrible. But like, I honestly, I know we're going to talk about this in the old Miss. I'm, I'm rambling in the old Miss, uh, you know, preview. I wouldn't be surprised if we win that ball game. Um, but you can't hey, be home. that bad. Away, you can't be that way bad away from Jordan home. Right from Jordan here. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and we came into this thinking, ah, oh, yeah. I mean, just a couple of years ago with Brian Harson, we were able to go down to Baton Rouge and win. And thinking, oh, well, on paper, this this seems like a probably a better team in general. Now, now the difference is, two years ago LSU was complete trash. LSU now is a top twenty-five team, and if they continue to win, which they have the capability to, if they keep putting these amount of points on the scoreboard, they could, you know, kind of at least make a run at the playoffs, even with already a couple losses. And, you know, that's the kind of capability I think LSU is at right now. And, you know, even you and I, I think we were, we were talking about it in our preview or me and Kyle were talking about it in our preview show uh, for this we thought if we could keep LSU to like 30 to 35 points, maybe we have a shot, but we also knew it could not be a shootout. And guess what? LSU just did what LSU does in football games this season and put up points. They're averaging about 45 points per game, put up 48 against us. And, you know, that's to be kind of expected. Uh, but I wanted to kind of get into some constructive uh, 
criticisms or feedback on what's going on here. So let's kind of start out with the big one because I think lots of people are talking about it is coaching decisions. Coaching decisions uh, as far as personnel, who's playing. Um, we saw this game, some changes of who's playing wide receiver. Um, there were some different quarterback decisions on who came in at what time. And at some points you thought, oh, that made sense. At other points, I personally was like, what are we doing here? Like it just throws off things. You know, the different personnel that's in the game. So let's start with coaching. Jared, what's your thoughts on the coaching and what you've seen halfway through the season with Hugh Freeze, Philip Montgomery, Ron Roberts, just the whole coaching staff? Uh, so the majority of these coaches have been successful, you know, most everywhere they've gone. Um, so I, th- I, first off, let me say I am not real thrilled with it, but I should have led with that. They have been successful everywhere they've been just about. So I, th- I think they're confused. I think they're totally surprised by the ineptitude of our passing game. Mm, um, yep. I think that has absolutely surprised them. And I don't think they know what to do next. Um, because unlike Gus, Hugh, they get merged together, Hugh and Gus. Gus was more run-first oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, Hugh was not, I don't believe. I think Hugh was more, I mean, he ran a lot, but I think he was more get the big receivers, pass the ball a good yeah. bit. Um, I, think they're, I think they're totally caught off guard. And I don't want to specifically knock players because I really think players are giving it their all, but I think they're totally off guard at the lack of efficiency from Peyton Thorne yep. and, and the receivers. And I, I think mean, they are, don't know. I don't think they know what to do at this current moment. I mean, the stat of that we kept talking about not passing for a hundred yards and essentially, and somebody dated back to October 29th, so almost a year ago of 2022, you, you just can't do that and be successful and be balanced. And so like your comment about the, you know, square peg and a round hole kind of deal is, well, it looks like they're trying to do that right now. They're trying to force that passing game when you're seeing that the passing game is not working. And when it is working, for example, you know, you had a couple great slant routes to Camden Brown, who has been pretty much non-existent. It feels like this whole season until this, this game. And that made sense. And then you had maybe a couple passes to tight ends this, this game. And what else did you have in the passing game that was really working? Uh, I, I didn't see a whole lot. And so why, why keep going back to it? I know you have to be somewhat balanced, but at the end of the day, you know your strength is a run game and getting the running backs in positions where they can make a play because those are our playmakers. And I don't think we saw any of that. Uh, and that's that's part of the concern that I had because it's like again we we come back to this decision and discussion of do we figure out things to win the game right now or is it a future state? And I think the coaching staff is looking future state, whereas us fans we're just like we're so short sighted. And I think there's got to be some balance of that, right? You have to win the game in front of you, or at least give yourself a shot to but also plan for the future of Auburn football because for the foreseeable future, it's Hugh Freeze. So, Do you I don't think know. Peyton Thorne is Auburn's quarterback next year, starting quarterback? Mm, 
I think I think Hugh Freeze, based on what he's seen, he'd go out and get another transfer quarterback or work with like Holden Gariner or what is it, Hank Brown, and say, You're our guy. You're you're like that's that's the decision that you gotta make. I at this point in the season, I don't think Hugh Freeze or any of the coaches are extremely happy or even slightly happy with what Peyton Thorne's able to do. Do you do you think it can get any worse if you put Robbie in there? Uh, <laughs> see, I, I, I have a little bit of trauma from last year with Robbie uh, having so many turnovers, um, but I haven't seen that this year. Knock on some wood. I if if that's true and Robbie can hold on to the ball, not cause a lot of turnovers, I say ride with Robbie and see where that takes you. I mean, here. I hate to do that to Peyton Thorne, but I think everybody has kind of figured out what Peyton Thorne does, or at least defenses that we've seen, good SEC defenses. Yeah, I mean, here, <clears throat> here's my theory on this. And, again, this is not against the individual player. I think they're playing as hard as they can. I think every one of them is trying to win. This is more about coaches not having better options, okay? Um, but I think that – I don't think Peyton Thorne can win you a ball game. I think Robbie Ashford can win you a ball game. Yeah, uh, well, I'll, I think I'll the give you, ceiling is there. To, I'll, I'll you know, give like, you like a sh- a quick example of what I saw in this game. Now I know LSU was already starting to kind of run away with it, but there were multiple <laughs> times where Peyton Thorne decided to tuck the ball and run, and at that point he just decided to like duck out of bounds. Whereas if it's Robbie Ashford in that same exact situation, he takes that hit or he tries to juke the guy or spin the guy spin and get out of that and get more yards. That's the kind of difference that I think that Robbie gives you versus I feel like Peyton sometimes just like, I don't know if it's a head thing where he's just like, I got to protect my body. But at certain points in the game, if you lay your body on the line, guess what? That gets the the rest of the offense really hyped for you. And it gets that momentum swinging your way versus where it felt like literally since play one was LSU. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, I think I think Peyton's ceiling will not win you very many games. Uh, Peyton's Thor or, or uh, Peyton's floor is probably is higher than Robbie's. Um, but That's Robbie's fair. ceiling can win you ball games. Now Robbie's floor is what you talked about. I mean, he 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 number he threw for over three hundred yards last year against LSU, but he also um, took a sack fumble that got returned that changed the the scope of the game. So yeah, you know. You you got you're gonna live and die with that, but at the end of the day, I think we've seen enough now, and it's not all on Thorn. I, I mean, in the Georgia game, I don't really fault the Georgia game at all on Thorn. The receivers didn't make plays, but mm-hmm. it's not whatever it is. It isn't working, um, and I honestly think that Hugh Freeze is throwing so much to try to like get recruits and say, listen, we want to be a passing offense. Because the best thing to do at this current moment for this season 
is to go back to the last four game offense of last year. Go Robbie heavy, read option heavy. You're going to have some passes for sure. But I think he, I think you're right. I think you kind of hinted at he's playing for the future, which is great. Yeah. We need to do that. Right. And maybe he, maybe he's hearing from recruits saying, I'm not coming to you unless you go out there and show me you're going to throw the ball around. Yeah. We're, we're not in those combos. Right. But to come out, AJ, and they are the, they're, second or actual worst rush defense in the SEC. We were number one or two in rushing, and our first two drives, we didn't run the ball. Yeah, like, which I thought was a very interesting bad coaching. And, like bad coaching decisions of what you do. And that's what we decided to do, just pass the ball. And you're like, at least establish at least one or two runs, right? Like it doesn't have to be anything crazy. Just like keep them honest. And we decided, nope, we're going to pass the ball. I don't get that. I don't either. I, I, that, I mean, listen, I I think that in the end, Hugh's going to be a good good hire. I think we'll look back and laugh at this. That was bad coaching. Like, there's no way around it. And also, people were joking, and I think it was true. <laughs> the first two drive, the third drive looked nothing like the first two drives. Yeah. I don't think it was the same person calling plays. I, I was thinking the same thing. That first and second drive, now – Usually most teams first, maybe even second drives are very scripted. You know what plays are you're supposed to be doing. But if you see something's not working in your first drive, why keep going back to it in the passing game in the second drive? And third drive, we said, screw it. We're going to go back to something that we know. And it kind of did seem like there was a different person calling plays. I don't have any facts to back that up. It was just my observation watching the football game. Agreed. Um, let's talk about some some other things that are kind of like in the sphere of what's going on here with also coaching, but also the the players themselves is the just the swapping out of quarterbacks because you know at times uh, this season when they've swapped out quarterbacks, it's kind of made sense. Sometimes you know it's red zone. Let's put in Robbie. Robbie just adds an extra element there with his legs and he can pass the ball pretty well too. But there were times this game where I was like, all right, Robbie's got something going. He, he gets the drive going. And then we say, all right, here you go, Peyton. And I, I just don't understand that. If Robbie's going, let him go. The only reason I, I think you would say, no, don't let him go is if maybe you only have like 20 plays with Robbie. I'm not saying that's true, but if you only have that limited number of plays with Robbie, maybe you don't have any more plays to throw with Robbie. I don't know. I'm I'm just a little bit speculating there, but that's that's my only thought on why you would switch back from Robbie to Peyton when that happens. Like when that kind of thing happens, what what's your thought, Jared? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we don't know, right? I mean, you you raised some good questions about how much of the playbook, but you would assume that it's a pretty good bit. Cause I mean, if, if, unless they're lying to us, it was not, you know, it was a battle, right? Yeah. So they're, they're all running the playbook up until, you know, the end. And I assume that they're probably because of how it has not worked with Robbie. They probably are getting, I'm sorry, Peyton, they probably are getting Robbie, you know, a decent amount of reps as well. So I think at the end of the day, I think it goes back to, I really think they just don't know what to do. It's pretty obvious. I mean, it looks very, discombobulated yeah um you know the one thing that frustrates me aj and i know it was a two-minute offense but like it was a two-minute offense when the drive started 
Robbie gets us down to midfield. We still had about a minute left and I think mm-hmm. one or two timeouts and we take him out. And That's what I was thinking of. Yep. I, I, I'm like, you know, the way we were moving the ball, Robbie's probably at least going to get you another 20 yards. You mm-hmm. can easily do that within a minute. And what have you seen to make you think <laughs> Peyton's going to come in and get us another 50 yards for a touchdown, right? Like I don't, I don't, yeah. it's like they're, it's like they're not taking the data that's happening and then adjusting off of that. And I really think the way we were rolling, you keep Robbie in there, we probably get three. Now, three points didn't matter at the time, but you never know what Hope will do. And you go in there yep. and get three going in half as opposed to nothing. I, I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, then, then you saw right at, out of half, Auburn gets the ball, and we, you know, we got some points. I think, what was it, like a field goal? We got um, three. out of half. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not nothing. You know? But let's t- let's talk about that real quick, if you don't mind. I hate to jump yeah. in. So Robbie drives us down there, and again, Robbie is not. I I would not want. I, we need to go get a quarterback in the off season, okay? But Robbie drives us down the field. We're in field goal range. Nobody coaches. We we pause and look over. Nobody tells him that Harold Perkins is uncovered, right? Mm. Like that. Either that needs to be done in practice, or it needs to be done in the game, because. That was a blind. That was a sack. He didn't see it coming. We need to be coached well enough to be like, that's a hot read. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know football, but it was very obvious Perkins was coming. And he got right to Robbie, and that's why we got the three points. If we figure that out, we run a quick slant, we're still driving. Mm-hmm. It, 100%. It's, co- it's coaching, AJ. And I, I, it's, I don't know. It's got me fired up. I'm sorry. No. I mean, like, that's, that's the feeling I was having during the game was – what's happening right here is more on the coaching getting the guys ready because that was one of their best players you have to account for that guy no matter what and if you don't account for him for LSU like what are you gonna do like you're gonna get sacked and that's why we only got three on that drive and and if we score you know more than three on that we're talking about probably about a little bit different game here because we are oh, literally we one score away if we get a touchdown there, Robbie stays in. That's a different ball game. I don't think yeah. we. There's no way we're winning that ball game. Yeah, but if we score there, if we keep driving and score there, that is an absolutely different ball game. Yeah. And um, you know, probably a different outlook on the season, honestly, because we probably may have figured some things out. But it's just I'll I'll quit after that. But I you got to know where that guy's come from. That's on Robbie too. Robbie needs to understand that. But I I put that back on that like that is a you tell him mm-hmm. he. He absolutely should have already known that you know where this guy is at all times. Yep. And, you know, here's what we're going to do if he blitzes. Yep. And we had to, like, we didn't even know he was blitzing. Nope. I mean, it was uh, – Robbie is looking for a pass, and then all of a sudden you got a guy tackling you. I mean, you can't do much when a guy's right in your face. <laughs> so, um I did want to talk through just a couple positives that I saw from this offense because I know we're bashing a lot of the offense, but I did want to talk through a handful of positives here. Something interesting that I, I don't think we've seen, Jarquez Hunter in the Wildcat, and it was successful. I feel like that was fun. Kind of reminds me of like the carry-on Johnson type days when we ran him in as Wildcat, and you just – it was awesome. Um, I love to see that, and hopefully that's setting us up for – other wildcat situations with Jarquez to get him going. You know a crazy stat? I think we're I think we have an eighty eight percent touchdown ratio in the red zone. 
Our problem is getting to the red zone. Mm, <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I agree with you. That was a good play. We scored. I mean, when we got in the red zone, we scored. Yeah, that is a pretty crazy number, 88%, that if we get to the red zone, we're scoring a touchdown. Like, yeah. what? Wow. Yeah, our problem is getting to the red zone. Yeah. Um, another kind of surprising stat, Jeremiah Cobb had quite a day. He had 69 yards rushing, 6.9 yards per carry. Very solid outing for him. Uh, we've already mentioned it, but the 100 yards passing, you know, we did that. Um, so maybe at this point, maybe we, we just keep pushing through and maybe that slowly improves. I don't know. I still like our running backs to some extent. You get you got to get them more touches and get them in space. Um, one other thing that's just general before we go into discussing some more specifics on offense, defense, and special teams, season expectations. So, you know, three and three, you know, could have potentially been four and two if maybe you squeak out a win against Texas A&M or Georgia. I don't think in most people's books, even us maybe going down to Baton Rouge and beating them at night, I don't think most people would say that. I mean, maybe right before the game, you get hyped up and you're like, I think we can do this. But on paper, that's that didn't happen. Um, so I want to get your impressions on you know, what could we be seven and five? Is that still in the cards or is six and six where you think we'll land at the end of the season? Um, I think I saw something recently that said the projected now six and six is the most probable and seven and five and five and seven are tied for second. Um, I think six and six is most probable, but there's a part of me too that also says I would not be surprised if we don't win out in our home game. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, li- I mean, it, listen, we only scored three points offensively against Texas A&M, right? And then we come back the next week and almost beat Georgia. Yeah. Um. So I know that you know recency bias is we are terrible and we're not great, but like at Jordan Hare, I think that we can be competitive in every game we have left. Um, I actually think Ole Miss is probably, well, I think it'll be tested my theory very quickly. I think Ole Miss is a, is a tougher threat in Jordan Hare than Alabama is right now because mm. of how they can put up points quickly. It could get out of hand, right? Um, I think if we get through Ole Miss and somehow win that game, I don't think we lose at home if that happens. Yeah. And so you, if you, we do, go ahead. you get the momentum and I think the home field advantage is for real, especially in college football and Jordan Hare in particular. If you do that and beat Ole Miss next week, you're you're definitely beating Mississippi State. You're going to Vandy, winning that one. Arkansas, probably a toss-up. Then come back home for New Mexico State and Alabama. And you could potentially have a pretty good finish to your season there. Um, that's that's in the playing cards. I mean, if somehow we are, what would that be like, 6-4? and four? or six and five going into the Alabama game. I mean, Auburn can be a potent, a potent team. And I don't, I don't necessarily see, I mean, things can happen. Alabama's gotten a little better, but like we have a chance against Alabama if we played them right now in Jordan here. Now, you know, a month and a half from now, who knows? Um, all right. Any kind of key players that you, you, uh, you're watching on offense that, really stood out to you this game the one obviously to me for me is jeremiah cobb but any others that you were like yeah that's something we can build on 
Um, I mean, Cobb, obviously. I still think Batie needs more carries. I mean, Camden Brown, you know, he had two slants mm-hmm. over the middle, caught them both. He's a big body target. Um, I think that that's something you can build on. Somebody has to step up in the receiving room. Yeah. I think, I honestly think we missed on almost every transfer receiver. Shane Hooks might still, you know, become a viable option, but I think everybody else we missed on. So you're going to have to go back to what do we, what do we have? Camden Brown was probably the most, you know, highly touted of what we have. Jay Fair had some good plays. I think he's mm-hmm. definitely there. You know, Javarius Johnson, I don't, I think he's hurt. We, we need to try to get him back somehow because he was a legit deep threat last year yeah. and our leading receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that him and Fair basically play the same position. Maybe you got to change that up. I know they're not tall, right? But you got to get guys on the field who have proven they can make plays in the SEC. Jay Fair's done that this year. Javarius Johnson did it last year. And maybe Camden Brown's the guy that steps up. Um, yeah. Caleb, was it Caleb? What was the Ohio State transfer? He had a couple of catches. Uh, Caleb, Caleb Burton. Caleb Burton, you know, and I mean, nothing looked flashy there, right? But he ran the right route and made the catch. I mean, there were a few different receivers that made plays, and you're like, okay, maybe that's who we build with moving forward. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, you know, some different guys, like Brandon Frazier, tight oh, end. Dude, he had, what a catch. He got yeah. past, like, the guy, the guy essentially clubbed his face before the ball even got there. He basically caught that without seeing it on mm-hmm. the replay. It was pass interference, and I'm like, and then the the wherewithal to do the two-point conversion where he was blocking, he realized it wasn't going to work, and so he just kind of drifted into open space. Like, very, mm-hmm. very – well, he also – I keep rambling here. The, the catch for the touchdown where if he would have kept going towards the pylon, he wouldn't have got it. He, he saw what the defender was doing, and he yep. kind of – he did a 360 and just fell in the end zone. Mm-hmm. So, he seems like a very intelligent football player. Oh, 100%. And that was a bright spot considering it took Rivaldo Fairweather forever, I think, till the third quarter to even get a catch. Now, we targeted him a couple times. One almost tough, I'll give him that. But, like, he's he's a capable – we've seen him do that. You know, give him the 50-50 ball, and it just – it wasn't his night. He wasn't making the plays. And thank goodness we had Brandon Frazier step up, or else I think this game would have been even worse uh, than what we got to see. Um. Let's switch over to defense. Uh, my my question leading into this was, can we slow down Jaden Daniels even a little bit? And not really. <laughs> they still put up 48 points. And uh, by himself, Jaden Daniels accounted for 418 yards rushing and passing. When you have some, some individual, an individual doing better than your whole offense, that's not good. You know, Auburn's offense only had 293 yards compared to LSU's 563. You know, that, that kind of tells you the whole story. You know, they were able to move the ball. We were struggling. And I think part of that was our defense is a little thin, but it was also LSU is just that good on offense right now. And I legitimately think Jaden Daniels, if he's not going to be a Heisman, he better get an invite to go and be a, you know, a Heisman finalist because that guy – I'm not just saying that because of what I saw. I've watched him this season, and that guy knows how to get points. And if you are a quarterback that just finds a way to get points using your legs, using your arm, it's incredible. I mean, I've heard comparisons to like a, maybe a better Nick Marshall. I mean, based on what I saw, 
<laughs> it's a Nick Marshall that can pass even better than what Nick Marshall passed. And Nick Marshall in like 2014 was passing the ball a decent amount. So that's pretty, pretty impressive to me. So any other thoughts on defense and, uh, you know, anything from, from the you know rough go at, you know, allowing 48 points, anything that you think we could build on? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I mean, I've, I've been giving the defense credit and they've deserved it, you know, for the most part up to this point, but that, that was not good. I know LSU is mm-hmm. really good. Uh, we look flat, AJ. I mean, I, I from the very beginning, we just looked flat. Um, I saw way more attempts at arm tackling than mm-hmm. typical for us. Yep. Um, you know, I feel like they need to, to take some, um, uh, you know, uh, some some negative talk for this game because they, they haven't gotten a lot. They've got a lot of positive talk focused on the offense, but they, they did not play well. Um, I, so I think, you know, it comes down to this, right? Like, I don't expect the defense to hold them to, you know, 15 points, right? right. Um, just like I don't, everybody talks about talent. We don't have the talent. Okay. I realize we probably don't have the talent to beat these teams, but we can be in the game, right? We need yep. the talent to get over the hump. Um, which is what happened in the Georgia game, right? That literally came down to, they had a Heisman contender at tight end that put them on their back and won the game. We didn't have that. LSU, mm-hmm. that was not strictly because of talent. That was either bad game planning, the players just weren't ready, something was up because, uh, I mean, we looked flat on defense uh, for the, most of the game, if I'm being honest. Yeah, and I there, don't know there was only causes that. There was only a few drives where I was like, oh, wow, our defense is actually doing something. And that was – one of them was, you know, got an interception. That was about it. I mean, besides that – it was like LSU decided to pass the ball. They passed the ball well. They ran the ball. They ran the ball well. It just seemed like whatever they decided to do, they could do it. Yeah, and that was the – Jalen Simpson needs to be given credit. I mean, that guy is just a ball hawk. I mean, he read that – he calls that interception. I know DJ yep. got it, but Simpson calls it. Um, it was really the run. It, like, and, and, you know, we lost a defensive guy uh, in the Georgia game, and now Keldrick Fox having to step up. Maybe that's a prop. you know what I'm saying? Like – we stopped the run against Georgia. They only they only had 107 yards. LSU ran on a they were they were second for all night long. I mean they were getting six yards a pop. That's what was disheartening. I knew they were going to be able to pass it right, but if we could have made them one dimensional, we had a chance. We couldn't stop the run, and I don't know. I hope that's not a sign of what's to come because that's dangerous. If if you're giving up six yards uh, on first down on a dive up the middle, then it's hard to win ball games. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I know Keldrick Fox young. I know our defensive line besides Marcus Harris seems to not be a hundred percent what we expected, but you got to be better than that in the sec because guess what? Still games are lost. I know that at the defensive line and offensive line, it's at the line. And if you're not competing at the, the line, you know, the, that lowers your odds a lot of winning a football game. And it seems like right now the defensive line is losing the battle, or at least it did, against LSU. I think it put up a really good fight against Georgia, which is pretty impressive. But, like, this game kind of showed me, wow, we still have some some weaknesses uh, that we need to plug and figure out what we can do there. I will uh, point out Eugene Asante. He led the team with 12 tackles, uh, had a quarterback hurry and a sack. Um, we all know Eugene Asante, but, man, I'm – Without him being a linebacker, that this game could have gotten even more out of hand. Um, special teams, I mean, overall, I think they did really well. 
Um, we had some uh, good kickoffs, uh, good returns, uh, not anything crazy. Um, I think the punt or kickoff returners averaged about 23 yards per return uh, br- between Brian Vitti and Jarquez Hunter. Kickoffs, uh, there was one really bad uh, missed tackle by uh, Cam Riley. Really, besides that, I mean, the punter did his job. I think he averaged about 45 yards per punt. And, I mean, can't do much better than that. And then uh, Alex McPherson made his field goal. So, that's good. Um, so, I mean, special teams did their thing and uh, didn't cost us a game. Um, so, I think overall, we we obviously want to critique coaching. I feel like, to some extent, want to critique the quarterback play. And we also want to critique wide receivers. And, to some extent, also some of the defensive play. I still think, in my mind, the top one right now is the coaching and the coaching decisions that put yourself in a situation where you know the LSU seems to just run up and down the field on you. That's a lot of times coaching and putting the guys in the right positions, or even the the simple thing of like Hugh Freeze pointed out, it's the motivation to play and hit hard and play up to your potential. That's the kind of stuff that coaches. Uh, need to take ownership of and do better Um, because I think a lot of these guys are talented they're obviously at an SEC school but they didn't show it in this game and I think that comes back to coaching Um, if you start getting better at that I mean I I think we've seen it it was against Georgia there was it seemed like some better play if you get back to better coaching I think better play starts to kind of follow so that's uh, kind of my charge for this uh, upcoming week. Get better at coaching and uh, better decisions, play calling. So, Jared, any other final thoughts before you get out of here? Nope. I think you uh, took care of all the issues, my friend. And uh, before you get out of here, how can the people stay in touch with you, Jared? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Jared Davis. And you can find me on Twitter at J-A-Y, underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle.